Chapter Two of Order Number Eleven. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Matt Perard. Order Number Eleven by Caroline Abbott Stanley. Chapter Two. Miss Abby Ann arrives. At the close of the Keswick school, the June before, it had been decided that they must have a better teacher than they had heretofore had, or else send their daughters away as they had sent their sons. Colonel Trevilian advocated securing one from the north. "'Will you board her?' asked Mr. Swamscott. They all wanted the teacher, but none of them cared to introduce a new and doubtful element into their homes. "'Yes, sir, I'll board her,' said the colonel stoutly my servants are beyond tampering with the whole matter had been put into his hands and negotiations were entered upon at once with the prominent educator of the state by which a competent lady was to be chosen for the position that lady was miss abby ann cheever of massachusetts who came with unquestionable recommendations as to character and attainments they had the vaguest ideas about her on grand prairie having seen but few northern people in the course of their lives and being accustomed to look a little askance at a massachusetts yankee as a possible even probable abolitionist uncle tom's cabin was fresh in the minds of the south then though with most of them it must be admitted it was hearsay knowledge do you suppose i will have to keep cold light bread for her all the time asked mrs trevilian of miss nanny no of course she won't she'll take to hot bread like a duck to water if she doesn't have to cook it they say the yankees all do i hope so sighed mrs trevilian it would be a heap of trouble to have to keep in cold light bread i only hope she is ladylike miss nanny said somehow i always think of these northern teachers that go about the country as having short hair and bad manners why so do i marveled her sister-in-law i wonder why in far-off massachusetts miss abby ann cheever was pondering the new relation with quite as much concern she and her family with her felt that she was almost taking her life in her hands to go among the border ruffians but her younger brother dr abia cheever had been one of the first of the faithful to speed to kansas when the race for occupancy began and if things got too hot in missouri she could go to him and lawrence it was decided perhaps it might not be dangerous after all but then you never could tell what these slaveholders would do they were like the human heart deceitful above all things and desperately wicked said her maiden aunt miss tabitha cheever it will give you an opportunity my daughter to do something for those poor suffering people the slaves said her father impressively i want you should make use of every occasion that presents itself for instilling truth into their darkened minds be instant in season and out of season an admonition that miss abby ann cheever really did not need being like her father a strong partisan and a trifle too much inclined by temperament to lay stress upon the last clause of st paul's command if you were only going to kansas i should feel safe about you sighed her mother but missouri the cheevers were abolitionists of the straightest sect a fact entirely unknown to colonel trevilian and the rest of her constituency or it is safe to say 
miss abby ann would never have been invited to undertake the training of their children well kansas is not far away said miss abby soothingly there is not even a river to separate it from jackson county alas alas a trivial fact apparently but one fraught with mighty consequences to that doomed region a few years later the weather was not propitious for pleasant impressions the day miss abby ann cheever reached her destination there had been a downfall of rain for a day and night everybody knows what that does to western missouri roads the black mud looked bottomless miss abby's depression matched it as from the guards of the thomas h benton the same that was to carry the boys away she watched the mule teams with their loaded freight wagons struggle through it if there had been a waiting pullman bound for boston it is possible that the grand prairie school might have been minus a head that day and thereafter but a journey from massachusetts to missouri in the fifties was a thing not to be entered upon lightly or unadvisedly and having been made the return trip was seldom taken short of years so retreat formed no part of miss cheever's thoughts as she looked out upon the scene before her it was only a steamboat landing that she saw the town lay four miles back and keswick a great way beyond do you know how far it is from independence to colonel trevilian's place she had asked the captain when she found he knew where she was going colonel trevilian had written to him and placed miss cheever under his care from st louis to independence not having much opinion of women traveling around the country alone the captain had shown her every attention that a gentleman could but miss abby's scholarly instincts were stirred to their depths at his speech oh it's a right smart piece he answered i reckon it must be fourteen or fifteen miles maybe more she was thinking of the distance as she looked out at the landing fortunately however a toilsome road like life itself must be traversed one step at a time and most of its laws are hidden from us until we are in them then our energies are absorbed in getting out which lessens the tediousness of it incalculably miss abby kept her place as the boat puffed and churned the turbid brown waters of the missouri in its efforts to make the landing with new england preparedness she had had her effects in place an hour ago she had nothing to do but to watch the scene and look out for colonel trevilian the captain had relieved her fear that she might possibly find nobody to meet her didn't colonel trevilian say he would come he asked well ma'am he will be here if he has to swim a hoss she rested upon this assurance and looked about her with a mighty interest in addition to the natural curiosity of a newcomer about the country that is to be his home there was the intense tragic interest felt by every northern man or woman who set foot for the first time on slave soil that unwilling fascination which impels us against our will to look upon the thing that we know will haunt us forever with its horrors i am face to face with it she said to herself these are undoubtedly slaves she was looking down at the rostabouts lounging around the landing while they waited for the gangplank to be thrown out miss abby cheever had in her youth now some time past seen a picture that made an ineffaceable impression upon her 
an impression deepened by constant recurrence to the subject and much sombre thought in one deepening groove it was of a naked negro on one knee with manacled hands raised imploringly while over him stood his cruel master with upraised lash she had always thought of slaves as looking like that not that she really supposed the business or pleasure of the southern planter would be to chastise his servants from morn to till eve nor indeed that in a decent community they were kept in a state of nature as to their wearing apparel she was too bright a woman to think either one but a picture makes a lasting impression on a child a fact not unknown to the purveyors of such illustrations in the years of crude art and deep feeling preceding the civil war now as miss abby looked into the faces of the men below she did not see the sullen look the hopeless woe that ought to have been there she was distinctly relieved no disappointed it was as when one standing beside pisa's tower says with an outraged surprise it isn't right it doesn't lean enough a tall fine-looking man with iron-gray hair and a slouch hat was at the landing back a little distance was a carriage with a mule team and a colored driver a gray horse was fastened near miss abby felt instinctively that this was her company nor was she mistaken when the gangplank was thrown out the tall man boarded the boat and the captain piloted him to miss abby leaving his post to deliver his charge into the colonel's hands colonel trevilian was such a man as a woman instinctively likes and trusts he greeted her as cordially as if he had always known her apologized for the weather which he feared had given her a poor impression of the state thanked the captain for his attentions to her apparently under the impression that he had received a personal favor relieved her of the bandbox brought in her hand all the way from massachusetts and gave it to a negro man called from the wharf peremptory here boy take this to my carriage his hand instinctively seeking his pocket as the service was rendered miss abby looked around for the boy but could not see any she said good-bye to the captain and started across the plank wait miss cheever better take my arm madam said the colonel hastily it's mighty slippery he led her carefully across the gangway helped her up an embankment and brought up at the edge of a mud-hole from which there seemed no escape he looked at it ruefully then if you don't object i'm an old man you know and before miss cheever knew what there was to object to he had lifted her bodily in his strong arms and set her down dry-shod on the other side there really was no other way madam he said apologetically without getting your feet wet reuben back up as close as you can there you won't feel afraid of the mules miss cheever i assure you they are perfectly safe madam i believe they don't use them much in your country but a mule's foot is made for mud we would get along mighty poorly without them here he was tucking a base state shawl snugly around her there now miss cheever i will leave you in uncle reuben's care he'll take good care of you he is a careful driver uncle reuben acknowledged the introduction by taking off his hat and murmuring sovereign mistress and miss abby bowed strangely embarrassed she did not know what to call him the roads are heavy that i rode over on horseback continued the colonel but i'll be right along by you 
his deferential protecting manner was most grateful to miss abby cheever who had knocked around the world a good deal and been suffered on many occasions to look out for herself she could do it as well as anybody but when this kind deferential gentleman took upon himself as a matter of course the task of seeing to her comfort and helping her over mud-holes she liked it we all do no matter how independent we are provided only that the hand be strong enough and gentle colonel trevilian rode along by the carriage when it was possible to do so and kept up a scattering fire of conversation gettin along all right miss cheever that's good yes madam it is four miles from the landing to independence and about fourteen from there to keswick it sounded very much to miss abby as if he said thar then a mud-hole would intervene and conversation be suspended and miss abby would look shudderingly into the depths and think of the mule's foot and hope for the best she had never dreamed of such mud and no wonder in rock-ribbed new england she had never seen the material in quality or quantity of which it could be made she was literally in the deepest richest soil of a deep rich state the going is very bad she remarked after one such slow uncle reuben half reined up the mules ma'am i say the going is very bad he looked blank the going the roads you know oh yes yes the old man wore a relieved look as of one who had found his bearings yes it is so de travelin's mons us bad mistis it gave miss abby a distinct shock to be called mistis it seemed to make her a partaker in the slaveholder's guilt her first impulse was to repudiate the title and tell him that one was his master even christ and none was his mistress or should be but uncle reuben had used the term so cheerfully and naturally with so little of self-abasement that she restrained the impulse and decided to wait a while but she felt like a coward in season and out of season her father had said and she had promised miss abby sincerely wished to enter into conversation with uncle reuben but hardly knew how to begin she was desirous of asking him immediate questions about his state of servitude and his feeling in regard to it he had probably been a slave all his life how the iron must have entered his soul he was doubtless brooding over it now in reality uncle reuben was wondering what sort of a white woman this was that was so unsociable and say nothing if it had been miss matt dawson now whom he so often brought out from independence he would have had a chance to tell her all about the family and aunt dilsey and his own rheumatism and the last big meeting and a dozen other things and she would have been interested in them all but this white woman and when an old-time darkie begins to denominate any lady of his acquaintance as a white woman it is a sure sign that her stock is depreciating but of course uncle reuben was too well trained to do more than think all this have you lived long at colonel trevilian's it seemed to her a delicate way of introducing the subject uppermost in her mind without referring directly to his bondage she could not bring herself to call him uncle which seemed to her a kind of claiming relationship for which she was unprepared and yet she did not want to call him reuben her question seemed curt and almost impolite without the softening which the name would have given 
uncle reuben raised his hat with a gesture that was the counterpart of colonel trevilian's all my life mistis he said with visible pride i was born in de family miss abby caught her breath she did not know whether this was supposed to be a matter for congratulation or condolence except from his pride of demeanor yassum we all done belong to de trevilians as far back as de reckoning goes he was thinking if she loves i'm anybody's bought nigger i'll just let her know right now she's on de wrong trail then he produced his highest trump my daddy was old ma's body servant yassum he announced it as if it were a patent of nobility i drove Moss william over to jedge carruthers to be married and den brung em back next day to de infall yassum he waited for a moment for this to sink in i been drivin up de carriage ever since even to carryin old miss to her last home mars william say i was de one what was titled to it cause my daddy was old mars's body servant yassum miss abby felt that she was taking soundings in an unfathomable sea the sympathy she was longing to give voice to seemed strangely inconsequent as she listened to this recital of an interlacing of interests in joy and sorrow that linked black and white together she determined to defer the expression of it till a more opportune time it was hours before a turn in the road brought keswick into view and then it was miles away for one sees a great distance on the prairie uncle reuben pointed to it with his whip dar's our house he said with manifest pride yassum dat's keswick can you see de white pillars just through that dat clump o trees as they got nearer he called attention to the different points about the place way over dar beyond de garden is de burying ground i don't see any church commented miss abby she was looking for new england on missouri soil no dey ain't no church round out de church is way over yonder you just can see it i want to know and uncle reuben repeated his statement don't they have the graveyard by the church no dey all has family burying grounds round here dey ain't nobody in our but miss betty's little child and old woman judy she died de same summer day did and miss betty say she want her laid out dar with em of course dey's a fence betwixt dem but de same willer what me and miss betty planted over de chillin shades aunt judy too i've hauled balls and balls a water full dat willer yassum i is so it was dusk when the carriage stopped in front of keswick a little negro had seen them and run down to open the big gate colonel trevilian was waiting to receive them beverly by his side a shambling negro boy had taken the bridle carelessly thrown to him and led the gray horse to the stable peeping out from behind chimneys and around rose bushes and various other points of vantage were nappy heads surmounting round shiny brown faces that appeared disappeared and reappeared with bewildering rapidity miss cheever my son beverly who was unfortunately a little too old to come under your instruction beverly give miss cheever your arm up the walk on the porch beside the white pillars were mrs trevilian miss nanny and virginia while in the open door ostentatiously holding aloft a candle to light the way stood mammy 
mrs trevilian took the worn traveler into her motherly arms and gave her a kiss of welcome as if she had been an old friend miss abby was so visibly surprised at this that miss nanny tempered her greeting to a handshake but virginia put up her lips as a matter of course and so miss abby was installed End of chapter two